Okay, well, you uh, you want to kick this? Do kick I? This Boy, howdy. Tonight on the podcast, live nude girls. Or a Pamela Anderson movie, anyway. It's Snapdragon on That Podcast Stays Up All Night. Welcome to That Podcast Stays Up All Night, where the secret ingredient is always an ancient Chinese secret. I'm your court-appointed therapist, Josh, and with me are two of the sickest men on this or any other planet, Aura and Cody. Say hi. My sickness is dysentery. I don't have long. Guys, I'm sick. Help. Help. <laughs> I can't help you all get poop everywhere. I have dysentery. Didn't you hear me? But it's okay, because we're down with the sickness. As you all know, that podcast stays up all night as a 10,000-year-old monastic order dedicated to saving the world by watching all the movies of USA Up All Night. If you don't know, USA Up All Night was the 80s and 90s hosted movie program slash Demon Emperor that featured all the boob comedies, low-budget horror, and soft sex flicks Hollywood and off-Hollywood could produce. This week, we're feeling venturesome, so we're talking our first thriller 1993's snapdragon or what's the elevator pitch well you get to see pamela anderson's boobs that's it pretty much there's some bullshit about a serial killer who's brainwashed by a chinese assassin a therapist with uh, terrible professional ethics but pretty much you know pamela anderson's boobs you know, I'm, I'm no doctor, but by this point, I think the silicon monkey had grabbed hold of Pam and, more specifically, her breasts. Fair enough. Snapdragon is mostly notable, to the degree that it is, uh, as Pamela Anderson's <laughs> film debut, though that's not even true, as she had an uncredited background role in The Taking of Beverly Hills. She had been on Baywatch for a year or two by the time the film began shooting, as well as her several Playboy videos and pictorials. Uh, male lead Stephen Bauer began his career with an episode of The Rockford Files, as many of us have. Uh, <laughs> she already had a reasonable TV and film resume uh, by the time of Snapdragon, including Up All Night movie Sweet Poison, which I have been mixing up with the Anthony Perkins Tuesday Weld vehicle Pretty Poison since we began this podcast. You know, you said Pretty Poison, and I, and I was like, wasn't that later? But <laughs> it, was, it was earlier. It's a 68 film. Oh, is it? And I was like, it's a really good... Like, I thought maybe it's a lesser-known Anthony Perkins film. Maybe they were like, it's like about killings. I was like, maybe they just didn't know. No, I, th I, I think I've figured out that I was wrong, and I was mixing it up with uh, some <laughs> shitty, sweaty, erotic thriller instead. <laughs> you have no idea we... how many times I've sworn a movie was on USA <laughs> Up All Night. And, no, I know. And it not been there. Uh... Almost every movie you suggest, <laughs> right? You see what up all night, right? Yeah. Pretty sure when we suggested uh, it follows, you're like, "There's an up all night, right?" <laughs> so you wait. You're telling me, amateur blonde takes on four guys isn't an up all night movie? <laughs> or what the hell? Why do I still have this? Well, I mean, you know. I mean, I know the, why I still have it. <laughs> there you go. Because of the strong space work done by the <laughs> actress, Tracy Lane. <laughs> 
Also, uh, Bauer was in Scarface and Gleaming the Cube in supporting roles, uh, and was also already Melanie Griffith's ex-husband, a role he would continue to play for the rest of his life. <laughs> Any uh, publicity is good publicity. Chelsea Field, the quickly forgotten girlfriend, played Tila in Masters of the Universe. That's where I recognized her. And she also had a small role in Commando, so she was used to working with shirtless, oily people. Uh, the film was co-written by Kansas City-born actress Terry Treese, who appeared in one of the Deathstalker movies and the Alien Nation TV show, and Gene Church, who wrote an episode of Quincy, sadly not the one where punk rock kills the girl. <laughs> I thought I'd talked about the director as well, but I guess we'll just get to him later. Uh... Finding info online for Snapdragon is a bit of a challenge. If it wasn't for Pamela's appearance in the film, it probably wouldn't be in print like a huge number of the erotic thrillers that were on up all night. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has zero critic ratings for it. <laughs> and the Wikipedia article Ooh. cites a review Ooh. by Todd Gaines, uh, who follows me on Letterboxd. Hey! Are we, uh, are we considered he's a, critics? He's a, he's a guy Could who we goes, go be the first critic for Snapdragon on uh, Rotten Tomatoes? Well, that's what I was going to... I, I, don't think, I don't think we would count. I think they curate their critics' listings. We're curated! <laughs> because they don't include this Todd Gaines guy, who's basically a more successful version of what we do. He also has uh. a podcast and a Letterboxd. Oh. Yeah, we also have both of those things. <laughs> but, but he has a couple thousand people who watch his videos. I have a letterbox, so I guess I'm one step ahead of you. I have one that I haven't used in forever. <laughs> and Todd Gaines follows it, if I recall. <laughs> so yeah, basically he's us, but more successful. Uh, a top IMDb review was titled Mildly Titillating. It seems like a very good summary of the film. <laughs> uh, so fellas, what do we okay. expect going into this shit pile? Focus like, on the mildly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it actually is. Uh, I think I would like to open the discussion by talking about the poster art, which I think is always a good place to start discussing. Sure. Uh, I don't know if this had a theatrical release or not, because fuck, who even knows? There's No one cares to tell you. But uh, Jesus, is that a boring cover? <laughs> it almost looks like it could be like a teaser trailer for a new type of Hellraiser movie with the, the weird background stuff. And the lighting? I thought from this cover that it was going to be <clears throat> video game fair. Like like mm. some sort of uh like a yeah. you know uh like a uh, an adaptation of a video like game. A Mortal Kombat yeah. movie, but not as good as the Mortal Kombat movie. Or since yeah. it's got that <laughs> since it's got that neon blue sort of tint in the background, like some sort of future thing. <laughs> I thought I thought that too, the cover to me looked very like Low-rent sci-fi, by the way. It's yeah, got enough blue. If it just had a little bit more sepia, it could be any next-generation first-person shooter game. It, it, it looks like it's going to be about like a virtual reality world with that Asian-themed brothel. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, because that's exactly. It, because it, it features Pamela Anderson and the white Chango Sam. I 100% thought that this was about um, to be the exact same plot of Angel. <laughs> <laughs> A psychosexual thriller. <laughs> yeah, every every sign pointed towards this is Angel, but with Pamela Anderson. You thought you looked at Pamela Anderson, you were like, "That's a high schooler." Well, I looked at Pamela Anderson, and I definitely didn't recognize her as Pamela Anderson first, because yeah. in my head, Pamela Anderson uh, isn't younger than how she appears in the Borat movie. Yeah, this and this that's is been very... a very very long time now. As I said in her intro, this is very early in her career. Like, she'd, she'd done, like I said, she'd done a bunch of Playboy shit that people were into, and uh, 
that into. parlayed that into joining the Baywatch cast partway through, which I believe her role started in 92. This is in 93. So it's not even clear whether they'd known that she was a success by this point. Something else that I find hilarious about this now that I'm looking at it is uh, the back cover actually 100% reveals the twist of the yes. movie. Which right, we'll, we'll, we'll get into well, that later. Well, it's sort of, well, it shows a scene from it. <laughs> right. But just like in, well, let's, let's just talk about, do we need the twist to be a surprise? Because I have a sketch where it won't be. <laughs> oh, I mean, the synopsis will definitely go over it, and I mean, we're gonna we're gonna get into it. it. Okay, you hang on. Surprise in the synopsis because we can reorder uh, can the I, sketches. I want to set something up before you mention this. <laughs> My wife joined me to watch this movie about halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Go on, like everybody else who turned on their TV one night and saw this movie. <laughs> this isn't a movie that people watch to completion. <laughs> it might be a movie that some people watch to completion. <laughs> there you, you go. You watch the completion of the film. In the, uh, at about the uh, three quarter of the way through the movie, Mark, you watch one scene all the way through completion that they have been cock teasing you about the entire time. <laughs> And it's, and it's real weird, even on the DVD copy, it's like it's warped and the tracking goes in and out. It's like someone's been watching this a lot. It's like a, there's like a pinpoint etched into the DVD. It's a DVD, but you can tell where it's been, where the magnetic tape has been wound down over and over again. God. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Okay, so... When I was explaining to my wife, as, we came, as she came in halfway through the movie... I was like, well, I'm not exactly sure what's going on. Something about a white slavery ring. And I'm not sure if she's one girl or two. <laughs> and I said that to her. So, the wow. twist is... <laughs> yeah, the twist... Yeah, well, well, let's just do it. Uh, there's two! It doesn't ruin your synopsis. There's, uh, there's this girl that this psychiatrist thinks might be a murderer, but he wants to fuck real bad. Uh, and it turns out that the murderer is her twin sister. I think we should also but maybe emphasize also her. he wants to fuck but this maybe also her real bad. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, he does. He's, um, got, he's got what they refer to as the thirst. He, got, he has what I would call a dirty dick. Um, and on the back cover, we can see Pamela Anderson wrestling with... Uh, it's supposed to be Pamela Anderson. The other person also wearing the same not. wig. Well, that's, that's the thing. It's not a spoiler because if you look at it, like that person is a couple inches shorter than Pamela, and that <laughs> hair color doesn't match. Yeah, that is not a twin. Like well, looking at that back cover, I wasn't like, oh, so she has a twin. I was like, oh, so she wrestles with another woman who's in the same outfit as her. Well, there was the 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 other girl looks like Pamela Anderson just without makeup on. Yeah, like, and they had showed her earlier in the movie, which is why I said to. My wife, when she she came in and started this thing, I'm like, I'm not sure if it's one woman, one woman or two, <laughs> or just her without the makeup on. Well, I think I didn't look at the cast list, but I thought Pamela played both. She, I think she may have. So, so in all, I so did that, look at the cast list, so and climactic. it doesn't list a second woman in the cast list. Oh no, yeah. And if you it, watch that climactic fight scene, they always shoot it at angles like this. Yes. One of the women has her hand. Very carefully over her face. Right? I'm going to guess that woman is not Pam Ann. Yeah, because when you're doing a twin fight sequence with one actress, (laughs) one of them has to not show you their face in every shot. So so when we got to that end, I turned to her and I was like, 
I still don't know if that's supposed to be one woman or two, Elizabeth. Like, I don't, like, what do you, and, she just, and she says, and I quote, well, that movie was stupid. <laughs> it's basically a porno parent. Trap. Did you use that perfect segue to plug your podcast? Right. <laughs> if you think that movie was stupid. <laughs> you should yeah, listen no. to us talk about it for you an hour. You should check out www.thatpodcastproduction.fireside.fm. <laughs> Yeah, no, we plug the podcast to Aura's wife all the time. She doesn't listen, not once, but... I, not even the one she was on. Yeah, I was going to say, she disappeared on some, and I'm pretty sure she never listened to that. <laughs> no, um, going in, um, I, I, I thought I was going to watch some futuristic sci-fi movie, you know, uh, on, a, on, a, on a lone uh, spaceship or something, and... Um, well, Snapdragon was the name of the spaceship. Now, I suppose... Uh, <laughs> like Felicity. A little Firefly, you know? Like, uh, um, which, jo- as Josh uh, has heard me talk about this a couple of times, I keep calling this movie Dragonfly for some reason. Because <laughs> that would make more sense. That was with Kevin Costner, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> El Postino? No. Oh. <laughs> There's a movie called Dragonfly. I think Kevin Costner was in it. Oh. I don't know what it was about. It might have been a sci-fi movie. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was that was my going in and and also coming out. I I'm I'm more I was more confused after it was over. <laughs> I did look at the back and I registered that it was an erotic thriller of some kind because that's that's why we picked this one because we that's the part of the. As a part of the threesome at the core that we haven't done anything with yet. Was threesome the word um, you wanted there? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. It was. Fair enough. That wasn't chosen. <laughs> uh, the problem... It's written in the script, Aura. <laughs> as, as I've said and said earlier in this, the problem with a lot of the erotic thrillers is that there's not a lot of impetus for people to print them on DVDs. Because, like, <laughs> the porn huh. market has really changed. <laughs> and and th- there's not really a marketplace for these shitty... You get a little bit of skin, but nothing super explicit thrillers. You're saying you don't want to spend three ninety nine on a DVD that you will watch approximately fifteen seconds of. <laughs> let's yeah. not let's not say there's no market for it. <laughs> no market is real weirdos. Like not people watching these movies for a show. Like people okay, just watching them. When people talk about outer space, they say that it has zero gravity. This isn't technically true because gravity is a force <laughs> that is exerted over long distances by objects. So actually, when you're in outer space, you're being acted on by the gravity of everything that exists in in the universe, just in very microscopic ways. Whoa. Um, hang on, hang on. <laughs> no, 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 wait. I want to see how he ties this back in. No, I want to sit on it for a second. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Go on. Um, there's there's a market for it in the same way that there's a gravity <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm so, shocked you didn't see that amazing. was where it was going. Uh, so... <laughs> I, what well, I was... We'll go to that I podcast was stays up all night where we love to take the long way I actually around. lost where I was going with it for a minute. I had to search, rewind the conversation in my head. To grab back to it. What it's I very was, close to just being like, I don't remember. What I was <laughs> suggesting was that there was there is a market for these movies in so much as we have a listener base. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> That's what I was That's suggesting. True. There's like a kitsch market for it. I just I feel like of the genres it's the least strong. Yeah. Because oh. there's there's always an audience for horror and yeah. boob comedies has a, have a certain 
They're what a lot of us think of when we think about the 80s, are comedies that are not socially appropriate anymore. But if you wanted a psychological, sexual thriller, you can watch like the bonus features of any Tom Cruise movie, and that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, so I read the back, and I knew it was going to be one of those. But that, that's where we were before. Well, we no, no, I was, I was going to say, uh, speaking of Tom Cruise movies, uh, I don't know if I told you, Josh, earlier this week I started Magnolia for some oh, reason. It's a good movie. That's yeah, a great movie. It, it is a good movie. Uh, PTA. It's it's long. I had to do it in three chunks. I, which is weird because I, you know, like, like did I you, was. Did you say at any point to yourself during the movie, like, I'm watching this in chunks. I wish they wouldn't have separated all the character stuff so I could just watch the whole cop arc in one go. Right. <laughs> What's the phrase that Tom Cruise's character says in that? Respect the cock. Oh yeah. my God! That's <laughs> over and Respect over again. The cock. Oh my god, like, I forgot ooh. that that's who that's his whole thing. I don't I don't know why Tom Cruise ends up in serious movies because really he's a better comic actor than anything else. Yeah. That was supposed <laughs> to be serious. That wasn't supposed to be comic. Well the overall thing is, but like his character is clearly ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. He he sticks <laughs> out like a sore thumb in that movie, even more so than uh oh man, I'm blanking on his name. Uh Steve Brule. <laughs> who is who has fucking incredible range. Like, his his serious stuff is awesome. I always think about Gangs of New York. But maybe we should talk more about this movie. Yeah, we should probably talk about the shitty one. <laughs> we'll talk about so. Gangs of New York off the air where you can't listen. <laughs> so we picked this up because, I, honestly, it's the only one on my shelf of Up All Night movies that I'm sure was an erotic thriller. <laughs> um, and I, I, I skimmed over the back, but for some reason it didn't register with me that it's actually about a psychologist so I always make the jokes about how these films are always about like sex therapists but this is a film about a sex therapist <laughs> the, holy <laughs> shit it is it, it really is oh my god the, the, the fucking stereotype of a Shannon Tweed pitch is this fucking movie and I didn't, I didn't expect that especially because of how it starts which we'll get into but uh, any, anybody else any other expectations you want to talk about here? Oh, I've no. I've already squeezed all mine out. <laughs> well, not like during the movie where I squeeze nothing out. <laughs> Stop it! Not for lack of trying. Cheeky. <laughs> well, that's usually what you want to do before the date. Uh, <laughs> there's there's only so much talking we can do about a low rent stroke flick, and we're already pushing maximum density on that, like Pam does on her Baywatch suit. So we'll be back with the synopsis after the jump. Aura. Huh? Oh, I see your confusion. What? I'm not Aura. I'm Aura's secret twin, Aro. Aura has a secret twin? Totally. It's me, Aro. The secret twin. So are you like a sexy assassin like in the movie? Oh, no, no. Nothing like that. I'm a sexy parking lot attendant. Cha-cha-cha. Of course. Makes sense. (laughs) It does? No, of course it doesn't. Oh. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Secret twin life isn't as glamorous as Pamela Anderson would have you believe. Wait, how have you even seen the movie in this premise? <laughs> Snapdragon? It's a secret twin classic. We've all seen it. Oh, fuck off. Hey, what's up? Cody? Why are you clean-shaven all of a sudden? Oh, uh, that's because I am evil Cody from the evil dimension. Makes sense. Jesus, we're ripping off Star Trek now? Where did the real Cody go? He's in the mere, uh, evil dimension. You kidnapped him? 
No, he went willingly. Why? Pot's legal in the evil dimension. Again, makes sense. Thanks, Aura. That's Aura. Oh, Aura has a secret twin in the dimension as well? Where's the real Aura anyway? Okay, that's super offensive, guys. Whatever, where is he? Taking a dump. You may have to push the record a day. Yeah, that checks out. Light a match, you fucking savage. <laughs> Welcome back to That Podcast Stays Up All Night, where we always ignore the woman cops. Here's Cody with your synopsis. They did ig- ignore the woman cop in here. <laughs> we open very similar to Kung Pao Enter the Fist, except instead of a hilarious baby fight scene, a girl's parents are killed in front of her and then she's put in a burlap sack. Then she's given stick and poke tattoos in someone's living room, just like me. Presumably, then, time passes. Then we immediately get to see some sweet TNA right as the chick rips out the guy's throat with her teeth, or so it seems. Then we get to watch a different guy pick up a different girl, and I thought all of my comparisons to Angel were solidified. But it turns out this new call girl is actually an undercover cop. Dun dun dun. And congratulations, she's being promoted from honeypotting dudes into investigating the main murder we saw two minutes ago. We get to round out the trifecta of bodies bumping in the first 15 minutes of the movie, thinking another dude's going to get his throat ripped, but turns out it's just the detective doing some role play with her boyfriend and the stolen call girl wig from work. At this point, you might think the movie is about Detective Peck, the woman call girl, not call girl, undercover cop. But now the rest of the middle of the film will focus on the boyfriend, David. I want to talk really quick about that, too, because <laughs> the fucking opening of this movie... <laughs> Like, at first thought, I was like, okay, it's going to be a fucking detective movie. Like, this woman is going to, there's probably going to be some soft lesbian shit. And like, <laughs> you know. And then all of a sudden, like, after about ten minutes, it's like, no, we don't care about her. I bet we this care movie about her fails the Bechdel test really hard. It was, it was like whiplash to me when I realized. Because I kept expecting her to come back and be yeah, so important. Yeah, you think? And I was like, it was about 20 minutes in, I was just like, she's just not coming back much, is she? <laughs> well, she comes she's back to throw a fit character. like twice. Yeah, I mean, she turns up in the background, but she's, she's demoted. Like, apparently the director hated her first 10 minutes because she gets demoted from main <laughs> character real quick. She, uh, she shows up just so David could gaslight her enough to keep her in the movie. <laughs> so David's a psychologist for the police department, but his buddy Bernie wants him to take a look at Pamela Anderson. I, I mean, the girl from the beginning. Personally, I mean, the I'm... girl from the first murder at the beginning. Oh, my bad. I mean, the character Felicity that we haven't been introduced to yet. Uh, personally, I prefer Elizabeth Warren to Bernie, but, you know, <laughs> make your choice, people. For seemingly no reason, David fixates on Felicity as he breaks laws, doctor-patient confidentiality, and moral ethics as he attempts to kind of woo her to find out her tragic backstory. It's a common cure for amnesia is a dick. (laughs) Felicity went through some traumatic childhood stuff, i.e. the beginning of the film, and was kept as a call girl in a mahjong house until at some point in time what is implied she escapes, and then represses the memories. It seems that she's been killing the people without realizing it as some sort of psychological cover that only David can fall in love with, I mean, understand. And she wasn't even ripping throats out with her teeth. Turns out to be a fancy Chinese dental dam, I mean, weapon that hides a blade inside your mouth to cut the victim's throat. And I do want to talk real quick about the dental dam and Chinese parts (laughs) of it, too. Because although this film has, like... Some Orientalist, like I, I don't understand why it's fucking there. Yeah, like why she doesn't just take a fucking stiletto to these guys' throats, right? <laughs> like the parts that are there seem like 
a bit orientalist without being like super racist necessarily. Yeah. They don't really focus on them at all. It just seems to be like justification for Pamela Anderson to wear her like kimono dresses and have uh, yeah. like Chinese art in her apartment. Yeah, and it just it just doesn't track with me why they did it. Like it's not they don't commit to the gimmick enough. It's neither neither interesting well, enough nor racist enough to justify itself. <laughs> well, because, you know, as Cody will inevitably point out here, and I'm hoping I'm not stepping on toes, <laughs> there, there isn't a point to the murders. <laughs> like, yep. uh, I mean, true. If, it, if it was to fulfill some sort of, um, you know, as this movie would say, ancient Chinese secret or something, yeah. like... Fine, you know, like or if they like traced it, would, it back to the mahjong parlor and she was working for something because that's or, where I thought it was gonna go. Yep. They don't do that, really. No, <laughs> there is like one person who you think might actually be connected to it, which is uh, the first person is killed. Is a like they make a big deal about the fact that he is a good church going person and he is the missionary who you find out later is the person who took white people to China as missionaries, and that is how. Uh, Pamela Anderson's character is kidnapped. Like, I guess he was selling them into slavery. No, I don't think I so. Don't I think I think it just happened. I think she accidentally because uh, later the twin says something about she pushed her like off a cliff or something like that. I don't know. Oh, that's. I thought that happened when, because like they discover her with amnesia. I thought that was what she was talking. About. I who oh, fucking knows? knows. Yep. <laughs> so finally, in the third act of the movie, Detective Peck finds Pamela. Felicity riding on top of David, to which we get more David gaslighting Peck about the situation. Fortunately for everyone, Peck actually seems to be a competent character who can see through this bullshit and is smart enough to tail David after he finally reveals he's been trying to solve the case for her, despite the fact that he's not a detective or a cop. Sorry to keep interrupting. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm used I, to it. I do want to... Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> <laughs> fine. Uh, I do want to talk really quick about the fact that she catches him cheating on her, which you think is a beat that's going to be like, oh, they're going to have this huge fight. Yeah. Huge thing that he cheated on his girlfriend. But in the next scene, he's like, we have We're not exclusive. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I know. I'm not mad about it. It's just, you know, you're fucking my suspects. <laughs> <laughs> like, why, why are you doing that? And I was like, what? <laughs> the early 90s were a different time, Josh. Look, I don't... Look, people can be in any kinds of relationships they want. I just feel like, as far as dramatic beats... Like, it's a wasted dramatic beat to have, like, your character cheat on his wife and be, or cheat on his girlfriend and be found out, and then have the girlfriend be like, eh, whatever, you fuck around. <laughs> That's not why I'm mad. Off. I'm mad because you've been literally breaking the law doing this. Like, why, why are they de-escalating the stakes? <laughs> uh, David finally meets up with Felicity at a hotel room where they have a long sex scene repeating the same synth track for the sixth time. In the morning, he wakes up to his second girlfriend gone and his first girlfriend kicking down the door looking for the murderer, kind of surprised that David didn't get killed. They team, up. <laughs> they team up and immediately split up as David tracks down Felicity. He's then beat down by who you think is the woman who's held Felicity captive as a call girl, but in an unexplained and unneeded twist, there's two Pam... I mean, there's two Felicities! They even show them standing at a distance in the same shot with an effect I can only imagine cost them dozens of dollars. Dozens. Apparently, Felicity had a sister, even though it was never hinted at or implied, and she wants revenge on Felicity for escaping and leaving her behind. The two Pam Andersons then wrestle over David's gun until Detective Peck shows up to shoot the evil Pam. David asks how she knew which was the one, to which she replies, It didn't matter to me. 
And that seems to wrap the movie, except when we see Felicity return to her apartment, she has the same dental dam, I mean murder weapon, as her sister. So did any of it matter? I guess you can decide if you want to. So back Just to... Just talking it through, Jesus fucking Christ, this okay. movie was confusing. <laughs> well, okay, so... We're sure that there were two of them, though, right? We're, we are we sure. see two of them fight, so, like, both the detective and the sex therapist have she, to be hallucinating. She does also spout some bullshit about the fact that they are sisters, and so this means that they share the same thoughts and dreams, to which I thought, I don't think anybody consulted a real psychologist for this movie. I mean, I do share thoughts and dreams with my brother, which is very inconvenient. <laughs> There's a lot of computer work, and it's very distracting while I'm trying to <laughs> yeah. to do my, my stuff during the day, and I kept being like one zero zero one zero zero. Is that the kind of work your brother does? I don't fucking know. What do I know about computers? <laughs> I assume I assume he, he hacks just types the Gibson in binary all, all the time. <laughs> he just hacks the Gibson all day. Hacks the Gibson all day. Uh, I did think for a section uh, for a second that Bernie was Fisher Stevens, and then I realized it was a different character actor. <laughs> Oh, should have been Fisher Stevens, <laughs> and and playing a uh, playing a guy from India. I was just about to say he he was busy being one of the background uh, Chinese people. <laughs> Fisher, Fisher Stevens is the the Chinese flower man that Felicity kills. Ugh, shake your head all you want. Hey, look, I still love Shame Short on Circuit you both. too. <laughs> Los Locos yeah, kick your ass. Los, Los Locos, Locos kick, kick your face. Los Locos kick your balls into outer space. That is the second time we've sung this on the podcast for anyone counting. When I was a kid, I had a Pinebox Derby car that I had a little fucking short circuit five, Johnny Five head attached to. <laughs> That's cool. And numbered number five. Number five nice. is alive. Was he a Transformer? No, can't, you, oh. couldn't, you couldn't make transforming pine box derby cars. <laughs> Not with that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I did the Larry Mobile for my Pinewood Derby car. I just raced a block of wood down the thing. Or was yeah, that, I figured I, that would be I the more. I just, I just glue the wheels on. <laughs> no, I didn't <laughs> attach the wheels. I will gladly talk about Pinewood Derby because I did. we did it several years. Yeah. Or we could keep talking about this movie, but I feel like... Let's talk about the movie, I guess. Oh, I thought you were going to say Pinewood Derby. <laughs> oh, I'm tempted. <laughs> but I only really did it the one year, so... Uh, Maybe I did a second. I was real lazy at it. My dad did most of the work. Well, that's the hey, point we of the Pinewood that. Derby, yeah. isn't it? We, we share that with work. every fucking person in the Pinewood Derby. <laughs> you find out whose dad is an engineer. And you, you find, find out who, whose dad has a belt sander. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. I also did the Space Derby, and I, I think I won it, but then they they kind of quietly didn't let me in any of the competitions because my dad did a single-engine aircraft repair. So What's the Space it, Derby? The Space Derby is you have, yeah. like, a little tube with a propeller on the end that you wind up. Oh. Uh, and then there's a, a bit of string that it's attached to by, like, a by like Oh. A and you're supposed to stop it on a certain point. Interesting. Um, so it's like bocce ball, but with a spacecraft. Sort of interesting. So you just you you wind up the spring. And since my dad knew about aeronautics, <laughs> <laughs> we landed it very well. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. I had no idea. Um. Anyway, on to the prepackaged discussion. <laughs> Chicks can't live with them. Can't make a low budget wannabe softcore hetero film without them. 
In the mid to late 90s, Pamela Anderson supplanted Madonna as the mainstream American sexual ideal, ideal in heavy scare quotes, replacing the pop star's big city flirtation with LGBT culture and bondage with more of a bombshell sex queen sensibility, albeit more sexually raw and explicit than, say, Marilyn Monroe. Sex features in many of the films of Up All Night, though typically with less famous faces attached, and often reflects the sexual mores of the era the film comes from. Uh, how do these films reflect changing values and what men were expected to find attractive? Mm. I couldn't think of what the fuck else we could talk about in regard to this film. I think men are into nudity. Men are into nudity. That is a thing. Hmm. Well, hang on. Uh, sorry, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, mm. were you into Pam Anderson ever? No. Me neither. Like, <laughs> well, that's but, three of us. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. but you were, you were, you might have been too young at the time. If we're talking about on Mia Khalifa, the, on the other hand, me and story. Josh were at one point expected to have been into Pamela Anderson. The thing is, I wasn't into Madonna either, except uh, maybe very early, like like a prayer era. Um, <laughs> Chuck Osterman did a lot of this is from an article that Chuck Osterman wrote about the sort of changing of the. I think it was between Marilyn Monroe and Pamela Anderson. Uh-huh. And one of the points that he makes is that Pamela Anderson, like, she's sexually available, but she isn't necessarily somebody that you're individually interested in having sex with. She just sort of represents an ideal in a weird way. I'm willing to like, hear that. And that's, and that's the thing. Like, we didn't find her attractive, and a lot of people didn't. But, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that her place in culture was one where she was yeah, she's still a model in, of what is supposed to be sexually attractive. She still embodies that thing. Even the name still, like, Pamela Anderson. Like, I don't even know how old she is now or anything relevant she's done besides... I'm sure there's been something more recent than the fucking Borat movie. But, like, that was, that was like, really the last time that I remember her having any sort of, like, larger role in anything. She shows up for two minutes at the end of the Baywatch movie. Oh, great. Was that any good at all? It was okay. It wasn't as good as the 21 Jump Street movie. Yeah. Well, that's, was, was Baywatch also Phil Lord and Chris Miller? I think think so. I'm not sure. Oh, about. interesting. Okay. I thought it was some of the people that were involved, but I can't remember yeah. off the top of my head. That's why, it like, was, 21... was clearly trying to ride that. Yeah. 21 Jump Street, Goodwill. Well, yeah, they, they nailed it out of the park just, like, by doing that a little bit different. And then you could tell, like, how many other follow-up things were like, oh, this is a good idea. Take old TV show and just make a comedy. Yeah. Chips, cough, cough. <laughs> well, I mean, there's just have been... Let's take a TV, like a, a, a classic TV show and, and make a movie out of it that's a bit sarcastic, like... Dark Shadows. You know, stuff like Starsky and Hutch, Dark oh, Shadows. Yeah. Was like, it predates and, and postdates 21. But 21 Jump Street was the best of them. Dukes of say, Hazard, By far. Dukes of Hazard, yeah. That that's was another a one. fucking putrid film. <laughs> They're not even rum runners in the fucking movie. No, wait, they are in the movie, but they aren't on the show, I think. God. Which is... Well, whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah? I don't, I don't That's even, how a lot of these podcast discussions end. So you're like, everybody is like, whatever. I don't even know why I'm defending it. I didn't even like... I had Dukes of Hazard lunchbox, but I didn't like them. I just... My parents had gotten me one at some fucking point for some reason. I'm so... So I could go to school with a Confederate flag in my fucking bag. <laughs> You've seen Venture Brothers, right? It's on the vet. It was on. I the know, vet. but wow! Like, it's looking back on it, you're like, wow, that was pretty fucked. <laughs> because my parents were pretty left. I don't know why they thought, didn't notice that. 
God. It's Robobo. It's Robobo. Robobo. I asked you about this earlier. No, you asked me which was my favorite Duke brother, and you said Bo. <laughs> Uh, to answer your question, uh, besides Baywatch, Pamela Anderson has been in ten movies in the last ten years, none of which you've heard of, including uh, Don't Be a uh, Don't Be a Dirk, Connected, The People Garden, The Institute, uh, Jackhammer, Hollywood and Wine, <laughs> SPF eighteen, where she plays herself actually. And then two, uh, she was she played a role in two TV miniseries. The, uh, the titles of all of those things could also be pornographic films, <laughs> especially SPF eighteen. That is a that is some weak fucking sunscreen. Why you're just you're just glistening yourself up for no reason? Yeah, that's her. That's maybe, her fucking motif. Maybe you're glistening yourself up for SPF no eighteen. Sounds like what you need to wear in an office building for incandescent lights. There was that TV show where she was a bookshop owner. Mm. Can't remember the name of it. <laughs> uh, package deal? Shervy? <laughs> it's called Bookshop Owner with Pamela Anderson. Stacked? Stacked. <laughs> She's a bookshop <laughs> owner or a librarian, one of those. She works around books, which is, which is not believable. Which, Completely, I look. It stretches fucking credulity. Like, oh, that's Josh, Josh just made a reference to something that is fifteen years old. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, do I need to drop an uh, old reference? Uh, Silent Library. Uh, I, saw, I saw a Game Grumps Let's Play of the VIP video game once. <laughs> was she in that? Yeah, she was the star of VIP. I meant the Game Crumps video. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, her character is in the game. <laughs> so, technically. So in a way, she's, on, she's on the screen a lot. During she, the probably, video. she probably cashed a paycheck. <laughs> oh. uh, but yeah, so she was. I don't know exactly what she represented about sexuality. I guess just this sort of like dollishness. I think the, the like, vagina and the breast part. Jeez. Oh, yeah, okay, that's, that's yeah. <laughs> I don't know where you go from there. <laughs> Sorry if I stepped on any toes. I just thought it was funny. Gosh. Yeah. I mean, I think one thing that's interesting is when you watch this movie, she looks relatively human Well, in dimensions. Like, didn't, she's busty yeah. and quite possibly has had some surgery at this point. Hmm, but she doesn't quite. look like the... Barbie doll? The, uh, I was gonna say fuck doll, but I wanted to not say it because it was gross, and then I said, "Yeah, she looks like she's wearing a Dolly Parton mask now." Yeah, like she's come. Dolly to be, Parton, who, by the way, yeah. for her age, does not look like she's wearing a Dolly Parton mask. Correct. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know if that's also surgery or clean living or what, but I gotta say, with that one though, the fucking underwire has got to be. Big enough to run a fucking work through a town. She was on, uh, was it Colbert? She was. On, I think she was on Colbert like two or three weeks ago, and she was talking about something. I don't know. Never nice. mind. I need that, to look up a Colbert video. Thanks. Also, she's very talented, and I shouldn't just talk about her in terms of her physical attributes. That's true. Nine to five is fantastic. Yeah. She was also in Miss Congeniality. Unlike Pamela Anderson, who we're all very clearly comfortable with talking about <laughs> just in terms of her physical attributes. 
I might um, might run well, into Dolly Parton at some point in my life. I don't think I'm going to run into Pamela Anderson. Pamela Anderson was selling an image. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure Dolly Parton was selling that exact same image. I think it was a little storehouse in Texas, same, but she was clearly trying to sell sags. Right. Because she was an attractive woman in a yeah, I don't. Re- yeah, I don't know. maybe. She, yeah, she yeah, wasn't I'm, this explicit. That point it. is yeah. indefensible. I'm going to back off the gas on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do think that there's something in that it's not as explicit. Like, which again, yeah. I think is sort of what marked out that was Pamela my, Anderson yeah. versus Marilyn Monroe. Like, plus Dolly Parton. There's no slow mo shots of Dolly Parton running down a beach. Well, I'm sure, there's some. And Dolly Parton <laughs> also has like a very cemented legacy in music, which, as we all know, is is not uh, a genre yeah. known for its viewership. Yeah, and then she has demonstrable talent. Like, that's another thing about Pamela Anderson is that she cannot act a lick. <laughs> like, I, mean, uh, I don't know. Did we watch the same but, movie? <laughs> but in this, uh, the two major works that I've, of hers that I have seen that I can think of. Are this and the sex tape? I mean, <laughs> this and barbed wire, and she is fucking wretched in both of those movies. Like, but what about barbed wire? Just so bad. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so she is just. It's it's just her potential attractiveness that's on sale. Fair. Okay. I mean, it was probably enough talk. <laughs> I did, well, I, I'm sorry. Uh, no, we're good. I mean, we still got sketches and bits. Yeah, we do have sketches and bits. And bits and sketches. I got all the bits you need. <laughs> I got what you need right here. Don't, don't, don't. So, now that we have conclusively established the meaning of human sexuality, which I, <laughs> writing this a few hours before, assume we have now done... <laughs> it's time to celebrate with some games. We'll return after the jump. Hey guys, just thinking about ways to get the ratings up for the show, and this movie gave me an idea. I think we can get ratings up the same way Pam Anderson and Kim Kardashian did, with a sex tape. Oh, I get it. Like Joel McHale says, Kim Kardashian, famous for having big ass and a sex tape. Joel who? The guy who hosted Talk Soup, later The Soup, for like a decade. Uh, the current host of the game show Card Sharks? I'm sorry, Card Sharks? The game where you answer trivia questions and flip over cards to try and build 21 faster than the other player. Is that on Hulu? YouTube? Where does that stream at? Or, uh, those are not the things he is famous for. He is most famous for his role on Community. Oh, you mean Childish Gambino's teacher-slash-surrogate dad on the Rick and Morty guys old TV show? Damn it, Cody... Look, Joel McHale used to say that Kim Kardashian was only famous for having big ass and a sex tape. That's a good point. You guys are getting away from what I called you here. We should make a sex tape. This podcast needs to tart it up. Oh, you mean like add some appeal. Some sex appeal. Powder our noses. Dirty our dinguses. Move the needle along. My fair ladied. Flog the bishop. <laughs> yeah, all of that. I think a sex tape will attract a stronger listener base. So I have set up a camera and the futon in the dingy apartment scene. I mean, I'm reluctant, but... I'm in! Well, let me just... I'm sold! I'm in! Let's do this! I don't know. Who would want to see that? But I, I guess... Good. So, uh, where are the ladies? Yeah, where are the chicks at? We can't afford women. I figured I'd direct film degree and all, and you guys were the talent. Oh, so you you want me and, and him to... 
I mean, if it's for the podcast... You guys are in? Oh, my shirt's already off. I get a little pee-shy if I have to stand next to another dude at the urinal. I'm not sure I can perform. Oh, oh my god, thank god. Uh, I mean, this is a disappointment, but I totally understand. Ah, Never mind the sex tape. I got it. I know how to monetize the podcast. Boner pills. Works for Alex Jones. We're back with that podcast stays up all night. Aura has some games for us. Hopefully not sexy games, as I am totally not dressed for it. You have the sock garters. Yeah, but I forgot the crotchless panties. Games! Fun and games section! Welcome to the fun and games, kids! <laughs> do 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 theme music, theme Josh music. and crotchless panties is my fun and games. <laughs> that's, that's really everyone's fun and games. <laughs> Did that transfer? Did I, was, the, I was fine with that. I didn't, yeah, I didn't yeah, think right. that needed any work at all. <laughs> so, so let's take it. Alright, Cody, let's take a spin of the big wheel and see where it lands this week. Alrighty. And sex appeal, 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 and sex appeal. <laughs> Sorry, some, I got a lot on my mind. Yeah, no, I get it. Uh, so, so uh, the first, the first uh, thing landed on Baywatch, Baywatch Nights, or both. So, uh, <laughs> nice. the rules are very simple here. <laughs> Did this actor appeal on, or appear rather, appeal, <laughs> sex appeal uh, on sex Baywatch, appeal, sex appeal. Baywatch Nights, or both? Josh, you should probably really explain what Baywatch it. Nights is. Go on. Most people remember Baywatch uh, from the recent revival by The Rock, but <laughs> it was a show about lifeguards that were also rescue, like more complicated rescue worker people uh, from the from the nineties. <laughs> Water uh, EMTs, but not, <laughs> but also sort of special forces. Special <laughs> forces. <laughs> Also, they would, the only episode of Baywatch I ever watched inf- involved them defusing a bomb. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. The shit that they do are not things that lifeguards do. <laughs> like, if you go to the fucking Santa Monica Pier, and you're like, there's a terrorist holding a bunch of kids hostage, they're not going to fucking save him. <laughs> they're going to call the cops. <laughs> um, Baywatch Nights was a spinoff featuring David Hasselhoff, who decides to start a detective agency. Uh, initially, he's just sort of solving sexy crimes, but in the second season, it takes a turn for the fucking weird when, when David Hasselhoff suddenly starts solving sexy supernatural crimes. <laughs> <laughs> or that was his cover. Because apparently ghosts and aliens exist in the fucking Baywatch universe. <laughs> so so I went through this and I was like, I was like, well, Pam Anderson is most famous for Baywatch, of course. So so let's let's see who uh, who who appeared in. Either either one of these shows or both. So we'll start with Pam Anderson herself. Did she appear in Baywatch, Baywatch Nights, or both? I'm going to say she had scheduling conflicts and only appeared in Baywatch. Hmm. I feel like they got to have brought her in on Baywatch Nights contractual obligation at some point. I'm sorry, Cody got it. She was Woo! only on Baywatch, which I was shocked by too. Because Hasselhoff, Baywatch, Baywatch Nights, or both, both, right? Yep. So, how about Aaron Gray? Ooh, Aaron Gray from Buck Rogers. Yeah, nice job, Josh. 
Oh, yeah, Aaron Gray from Buck Rogers. <laughs> nice job, Cody. <laughs> uh, I know what Buck Rogers is. Also, the season 11 Mystery Science Theater 3000 reboot, where she's... Uh, oh, my God, Josh has gotten, like, two-thirds of her credits. <laughs> <laughs> where is the other one appears, Baywatch Nights? <laughs> she appears in the Gizmonic Control Room with Will Wheaton. <laughs> Friend of the show, Will Wheaton. <laughs> not our show. <laughs> due to a, a run-in with one of the graphic novelty crowd, uh, we are explicitly not friends with Will Wheaton, not to understand. <laughs> um, I was stalling for time there. I'm going to put Aaron Gray on nights, but not regular. Is yep. that what you said, too? Yeah, nights only. She only appeared on Baywatch. Wow. <laughs> Fucking day shift people. <laughs> Angie Harmon. Whoa! Any relation to the Dan Harmon of Community? No, uh, she was. She, I think her most famous credit would be that she was uh, one of the DAs on Law and Order. Mm. Wasn't she originally kind of a bombshell actress? That as well. Yeah. Uh, she will. She will inevitably show up on an Up All Night movie. Uh, I'll put her on both. I was just gonna say that too. Double feature. Both. Woohoo! We're crushing this shit. Geraldo. Geraldo. Geraldo Rivera. God, Ooh. that's a that's a sad story all all across the board. I'm gonna say just nights. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think I'm right, but I'm gonna go with just nights. Did nights explicitly air during the nighttime, or did it was just the setting? They of were the show? they were both um, prime time dramas, and I and I wouldn't swear to it, but I believe they aired back to back. Honestly, okay. given how famous Baywatch was, I was never sure where it was broadcast. <laughs> like what well, network it, it was on. Baywatch Nights was certainly syndicated. Yeah. Um, and I assume Baywatch itself was as well, because at least in Omaha, they both played on the Fox affiliate. I'm going to say Just Nights for Geraldo. Geraldo. Both. Interesting. He was on that. Was he was on that show up to <laughs> upward five times. Holy shit. Yeah, he's a sleazy piece of shit. <laughs> Yasmin Belief. Mm, that oh. is a name. Well, she was definitely on Baywatch. She was a regular on the Baywatch show. Was she on both, though? I'm going to say just Baywatch, since I am confident that she was on Baywatch. I'm going to say both, because they have to have had some female crossover. There, w It was both, indeed. Like, if they didn't have Pam Anderson, it had to be Yasmin Bleeth, because she was, like, the, the discount Pam Anderson of that show. Danny Woodburn. Despite being more talented. Do you know um, who Danny Woodburn is, Josh? No, it's familiar, but... Uh, what I know him as is the guy who played uh, the Mickey character, the midget, on um, uh, Seinfeld. Uh, ah, yes. Uh, he has, uh, uh, like... Tons of credits. Oh, yeah. I'll give him nights. As Cody over here is totally not cheating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why wasn't... I didn't even think about that. I was just looking... I was just uh, curious, because I was like, oh, I definitely... I recognize, recognize that name? Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, both. Just say both. Both. Uh, two more. Uh, three more. Uh, Michael Winslow. Told you I had a Michael Winslow gag here later. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Winslow, of course, most famous for being the noise guy on uh, Police Academy that I am aware of, anyway. Gotta be just Baywatch. I'm, I'm gonna say Knights for our last one. We'll we'll split the room. Baywatch Knights. Woo! Uh, 
John O'Hurley, who uh, I I understand him as being another Seinfeld actor who played um, uh, uh, Peterman, Jay Peterman. Mm. With the voice like this, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, that's a terrible John O'Hurley, but he has one of those voices like yeah. that. Eh. In a world. Yeah. Baywatch? Just Baywatch, yeah. Well, so this was an interesting one. He was on both shows, but he played different characters. Weird. <laughs> so, you could make the argument. As long as I don't talk, they won't know. We'll close with Jason Momoa. Oh, shit. Jason Moa. Um, Damn. <laughs> uh, yeah. Another person who literally couldn't act to save their life, but apparently can build a film career around it. <laughs> He's uh, better than Pam Anderson. <laughs> you don't. You don't want to give him that. Much. <laughs> uh, oh God. Uh, they say this guy's kind of a sleaze bag too. And one of the other podcasts I listen to for celebrity gossip, there are apparently things like on his writer where he like. <laughs> Like, wouldn't be in a movie because there weren't enough female extras, so they had to add more female extras into the movie, despite mm. the fact that he kind of, like, fronts himself as, like, a super cool family dad guy. Huh. Well, I mean, I suppose it depends on what they meant in terms of female extras, I guess. I mean, I, I'm not saying that this is the case, but You're right. I, haven't, I haven't listened to the podcast, but it could be that he's like, there yeah. needs to be more women in this film because there are <laughs> women. It, it wasn't that. It was, a, it was a blind items thing. Okay. Um... But anyway, uh, God, I'm going to say Baywatch Nights, because he wasn't wasn't big for a long, long time until Game of Thrones. I'm going to do regular Baywatch. Regular Baywatch. Uh, he would he would have been a very young man. Yes, yeah, so I was gonna say he has to have been like a fucking teenager at most. Yeah, at that point. So he would he I mean Jason Momoa is our age, Josh. So yeah, and maybe even a little younger. No, I would not. I, feel like he's a I would. Younger. I wouldn't roll with that yeah. comparison. You know, <laughs> going to live a happy life. Don't uh, don't 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 do that to don't ourselves. Do that. Don't do that to <laughs> yourselves. How about we take another spin of the wheel? All right, I got all the breasts out of my head. So. Wheel, 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 wheel. I thought you were going to say vagina, 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 vagina. God, well, you stole my last joke if there's a third game. There isn't one. But there is. I thought of one after. Yeah, well, you went to the toilet. Light a match. do that from time to time. Light a match, you savage. And ignite my piss? Like, I haven't been drinking that much lighter fluid. That would be quite interesting. <laughs> Second game is Genre Swap. Genre Swap is the game we always play. It's where we do the same movie, try to stick to the same plot, but do it with a different genre. Uh, and we assign each other the genre. This week I'm going to pick Cody and I'm going well, to say... Hey, can, oh, yeah. we, can we do a slightly different amended version of it for this? No, because I'm ready for this one, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to suggest, and feel free to yeah. shoot it down and with this fit. Yeah. Uh, maybe we should come up with what we the movie that we think the cover should be for. Oh yeah, that's Ooh. Um I'm fine with that unless you fine? really yeah. want to roll no, with no, the, yeah. your thing. Uh so uh, Cody. Yes. Uh comic book adaptation of light novel version of Snapdragon. <laughs> oh, God. oh, is this my hubris for last episode? Okay. <laughs> All right. So are we we adapting a mixture of the movie? How about it's our movie, but we keep the same cover, and you have to make the cover relevant? Well, you can do you can do that. However, <laughs> all right. What well, what am I giving Josh? Am I giving Josh 
A genre? Yeah, I, okay. a genre. Uh, 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 M. Night Shyamalan remake. Oh, damn. Alright. But there was a twist ending, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> wow, or you found my brain connection. <laughs> um, what can I do to Aura that would be real <laughs> shitty? Stop, uh, stop it! Comic book adaptation light novel. <laughs> Dude, um, wasn't that embarrassing during the last show enough? Aura, <laughs> uh, uh, Italian Mad Max ripoff. Oh, Ooh. shit! Yes. You just talked about several of them on that. Yes, I did. You guys did, so you should be prepared. And I can, I can start on mine. Like, I got mine down. Okay. Uh, it is an M. Night Shyamalan remake of the film Virtual Encounters, a porno film made by, <laughs> by Full Moon Entertainment about, uh, you know, VR fuck shit, which is, which is what the cover is, only it's, uh, it's, it's Asian-themed because uh, it decides to be super creepy, but also it has a white woman in it. For some reason, and the uh, and they're trying to solve a sex crime that happened in sex virtual reality that involved uh, Pamela Anderson putting together a virtual dragon program that snaps your dick off and then you think your dick is gone in real world. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> the scariest and, uh, movie was inside of us all along. <laughs> the twist is the virtual reality was the real world all along. And the other world is fake. God, Josh, you write for Black Mirror? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should, man. <laughs> well, we should have saved Josh's for last because <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to follow that. All right, well, so, I, oh, you're following. No, I, I, uh, mine isn't very good, so I'm just going <laughs> to rush through. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you have have a uh, closeies here. Uh, okay, so, so, um, my version of this that is an Italian Mad Max ripoff. Uh, involves uh, kind of exactly what we said with uh, Pamela Anderson working working the the opium dens of the post apocalypse. Uh, in this in this case, she's um, you know you go from sort of town to town with with nothing between it. You know you've got walled off cities and 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 she's. A, she could be a spy for one side, but might be a spy for the other side. You know, they aren't really sure, but she lives in this, like, demilitarized zone between these <laughs> things. So they really can't do anything about, like, this um, matron of, 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 this, uh, of this opium den sort of situation. She, um, she ends up getting a piece of vital information that she has to get to something to save... Some kid, maybe? We'll say a kid. Why not, right? <laughs> That's Mad Maxie. Oh, wait. Oh, uh, usually in these things, like, people are sterile. She has information about a kid. <laughs> right? The existence of a child, right? Um, I love this live editing we get to see. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> and... The hero then comes. <laughs> Where... He's a he's he's a psychologist, but he also drives a big old like motorbike that has um, you know like one big wheel in the front and then two small wheels in the back, mm-hmm. right? So you're stuck in sand dunes, you know. You got to figure out, and then you're out, right? Like that. Yeah, well, an ATV type thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and and so he hooks up with her, and they're like car chases and. And and I won't I won't uh, ruin the ending, but there is a twin. 
<laughs> and and the ATV is called the Snapdragon. <laughs> the ATV go. is called the Snapdragon. All right. So uh, good luck, Cody. <laughs> so for mine, what I'm going to say is, uh, due to uh, awful translation errors, this uh, this movie is watched by somebody who decides to adapt it into a a high school manga. They they leave all of the subjects of the movie in, including the kidnapping parts and the, the stuff that takes place in America. Uh, so it, it's a full just manga book now. Uh, reads, you know, right to left. Then uh, suddenly there is an English translation of it that appears in America uh, through uh, poorly edited uh, fan translations. And then a different fan of the, not the original work, but the comic book sees it and decides to uh, adapt it into the people who don't care about pictures but just want the written text. So, uh, basically, it is just a, uh, a audio transcription of uh, the whole movie <laughs> that has been put through three different Google Translates. Okay. So, so it comes out and it's mostly viewed as like a as a joke thing, but it, it takes itself seriously and it's just pages and pages of describing the atmosphere of the sex scenes. Like, I would I want to say seventy percent of the book is atmospheric sex scene description. And the rest of it is uh, David gaslighting his girlfriend who is upset because she's not the main <laughs> character anymore. <laughs> then, for the final circulation uh, of the whole thing, uh, for a comedy video on uh, YouTube, they get... Uh, oh man, I'm going to blank on his name. Oh, they get uh, Gilbert Gottfried to read the book oh! live. And so it's uh, Gilbert Godfrey doing uh, Snapdragon, uh, but he's mostly just describing the atmosphere of the candles all over the room. <laughs> David, the actor, slowly licks Pamela Anderson's breasts, which definitely happened in the movie. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and uh, that's, uh, that's my bit. <laughs> Damn it, Cody! <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, bad translations. One of my favorite bits of bad translations ever was I imported a all region of uh, Shaolin soccer. Oh like, my before god! Before that movie came in, I, I love that it's, movie. It's such a good movie. Oh. A friend of mine showed it to me, and I was like, I need. I don't care if I have to import this. I'll find a fucking way. <laughs> uh, so I got an all region of it, and it translated bribe. As dishonor check, <laughs> so when they're trying to give him the bribe. They kept talking about you. You accepted the dishonor check, and I'm like, "What is that? That's amazing. What is a dishonor?" Check? I still remember it, that was one of the movies where, when we first watched it, it had the subtitles that were the original like translation, and uh, there's a, a point where, the, like, the bad guys are talking about the uh, our secret American training techniques. But the uh, but the audio just or the language the English audio says secret American training techniques and then the subtitles just say drugs of which yes. is shortcuts to them injecting what looks like blue, uh, purple Kool Aid into their veins. So was in my in the translation that I had as well was it's definitely just drugs. <laughs> the evil team and I just loved that they're just called evil team. Yep. Oh god, that movie's amazing. It is. It's cool. it's better than Kung Fu Hustle. I like Kung Fu Hustle, but I haven't man. seen Kung Fu Hustle actually. It's okay. I I, I kind of want to, but like I to me those that tri those like three movies are just uh, Kung Pao, Enter the Fist, and then Shaolin Soccer. 
So, uh, the final uh, spin of the wheel here. Actually, let's let's vagina, let's take vagina, a pause. Vagina, let vagina. me take let oh. me take a pause. We're gonna pause, and I'm running the uh, the synopsis of Snapdragon through Google Translate three times. Let's see what pops out. I like this. That's right. great for the last game, and I don't even have to spin the vagina wheel. It's so give me give me a minute here. I I'm translate on, I'm, to Mandarin. I'm on I'm on I'm on number two. So <laughs> oh uh, my god. Now now I'll go ahead and do Mandarin. Uh, Mung and Polish were the first two, by the way. That's great. Gotta get that Mung audience. <laughs> Mandarin, Mandarin, Mandarin. For those Mandarin of you who don't know, uh, Google translating choice. Mandarin's not on there. It's probably under Chinese. I was just about to say Chinese. Is yeah. Mandarin simplified or traditional? Um, I think it's traditional. Yeah, do traditional. And Cantonese would be simplified. I believe Mandarin is the one that if you know that one like really solidly, uh, you can pretty much speak to most people. I can't. I thought Cantonese was the more common one. I could be wrong, and that that Mandarin was sort of old fashioned. I keep getting these. Uh, I'm not sure. Clickbait ones. I th- uh, no. I think you are right. I think people know Mandarin a lot because I think it is like the root one. Yeah, because it was because Mandarin's was a title for a government official of some mm-hmm. kind. In yeah, China, I, I think. If you know what we pretend like we know, we are talking about. <laughs> let us know in some delightful viewer mail. That <laughs> would am, be fantastic. I'm at best an amateur on knowing things about Asian cultures. <laughs> I have an approximate knowledge I of just, many things. I just kind of like the romance of the Three Kingdoms. <laughs> I like Journey to the West. A lot of people do. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> Welcome back from the jump. So, what, uh, f- for the third game, what we did here was we we ran the uh, plot synopsis from IMDb through Google Translate three times. Started with Hmong, went through Polish, went through uh, traditional Chinese, and then back to English. So here's what the original uh, said: Two men have already been killed during intercourse by a prostitute. The young Sergeant Peckham is transferred from Vice to Homicide Squad for the investigation. She asks her boyfriend, police psychologist David Stratton, for an analysis. Shortly after, he's introduced to an amnesia patient. Actually, that's not what it says. I, I, uh, shortly after, he's introduced to amnesia patient Felicity, a stunning, beautiful blonde. Uh, she tells him her nightmares in which she kills her lovers, but since he's got a crush on her, he doesn't draw a connection to Peg's case, not yet. Alright, so here's here's what Google Translate spat out upon the third time. They were killed during prostitution. The young Sergeant Peckham was transferred from another assassin organization to the investigation. She's asked her boyfriend, mental health officer, David Stratton, <laughs> to investigate. Shortly after she was introduced to patient Amnesia Felicity, both capitalized, uh, a beautiful blonde... He told her the story of the lover he dreamed of that night. <laughs> they don't like that. That's not a thing. <laughs> but because he's in love with her, he has nothing to do with her peg. <laughs> That's also untrue. He has a lot to do with her peg. I do want to say that synopsis sounds like it would be slick, fast-paged, and sexed. <laughs> just, just like my bootleg Las Vegas DVDs that my brother got me. <laughs> 
So, uh, so that ends our fun and games section of the of the show. You want to talk about some viewer mail, Josh? Uh, okay, I mean, yay! Some the viewer mail. mail. Are you, did you you have the mail right, or was it just a comment? No, I have it right here. Yeah. Okay. Because you, yeah, I thought you were passing to me like me read it, and I was no. like, I don't have it. No, no, it's in the. It's in the <laughs> I would like to. It's Josh. In. Please set Aura up for the viewer mail. <laughs> you want me to read you the bit I did on the other one where I send something in and I pretend. No, no, no. You did it. <laughs> no, that's all going to be in that show. <laughs> like you're, that that ship sailed, right? <laughs> viewer mail, viewer mail. Here comes some viewer mail. All right, viewer mail. <laughs> Uh, Josh, we picked up some listeners this week, buddy. Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah. We ran an ad for the uh, the Night of the Comet stuff. Hopefully some of y'all are, are still listening. Hello. <laughs> Where? Well, welcome to our show. Our totally <laughs> professional and awesome show. <laughs> Hope you enjoy weird movies as much as we do. <laughs> so among those uh, new listeners, I, I there were two listeners I didn't recognize on the night uh, the Night of the Comet thread. Discussing the ending of Night of the Comet. Did you have any particular feelings about Night of the Comet, either of you guys? Like, I don't, I don't know how much we discussed it in the show necessarily, but well, the ending. I think they talk about how the end. They didn't think the ending was particularly good. Yeah, uh, I, I can see where people would say that. It's a bit like, you know, let's just wrap it up in a hurry. You got the, you got the I, whole I like world. The return of the, the, of the DM, whatever his name is, the, the return of the, the guy. Whose, whose initials were the DMK, I think? DMK. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like, that's I like that right. return. I, I, liked, I think we talked about that a little on the show. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. that was fun. But, like, overall, it just, it does, it's a bit of a draggy ending. Like, we get the part where they're talking about reestablishing the family or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> God. Why? You got you got the whole wasteland to, you, to yourself and you're, like, 19-year-old teenage hotness and you want to bring two, like, kids along with you? Ugh. <laughs> No thanks. Yeah. Yep. So you'd be the lone boy. I'd be DMK. You'd be oh DMK. <laughs> yes. DMK. Or whoever stole DMK's K's car, which I did point out. You know, we assume that it's DMK, <laughs> yeah. but it might just be a dude. We don't know. Yeah. Um, I did have one sort of minor quibble about the ending because I was trying to figure out what they might have meant when they said they didn't like the ending, mm. and I wondered if it's um. It's not clear if they're going to die still, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they just sort of throw the the sister's deteriorating plot thread aside. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean... We're all dying, baby. Be... We're all dying every day. And I agree that that's sort of... It, they just put it to the side and just don't deal with it. And that's uh, arguably lazy writing. But That's the millennial way. feels like that would be a bit of a downer ending for a film that's not really a downer film. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, kill a bunch of scientists on the way out, though. That's fun. Yeah, that was cool. But they were evil. Yeah, that's true. That's they all, justifiable. They all caught a case of evil. <laughs> well, thank you, listener Scott and the listener Dean, for giving us something to, to to wrap our heads around. If anybody ever wants to respond to anything on the Facebook site, I'll have that information in a little bit. But but by all means, do so. Uh, we have a second piece of viewer mail. This is unfucking precedented. <laughs> like, from, from friend God. of the show, Christine, I believe. Uh, listener Christina suggested that we should watch Xanadu for the show. Uh, any opinions about that one? Uh, I haven't seen it. I've been meaning to for a long time. Uh, Christina, it wasn't an up all night movie, so I don't know that we can do it on this show. <laughs> but I've, I've been trying to think of good pairings for it for the other show for several years now. Uh, just so I'll have an excuse to watch the fucking movie. As <laughs> a... As long-time listeners uh, will know about me, 
I love roller skating. Anything <laughs> roller skating aesthetic. You've like, seen it, I believe. I, have, I watched Xanadu. I watched you buy a copy. I watched Xanadu. <laughs> I've probably watched Xanadu, like, once about every six months. <laughs> um, like, like... Like Xanadu is, uh, you know, uh, one of my favorites. So I would, I would certainly love an excuse to watch Xanadu. So we'll see if we can try to figure that out for next season, Christina. Uh, it was on the on the uh, on the Further Ado show. Wasn't it one of the last movies for Gene Kelly? That sounds right. That sounds right. And yeah, it's yeah. Olivia Newton-John, right? That's the name that I associate with that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. That's our viewer mail segment. We, I hope to have more viewer mail to c- include in yeah, the viewer mail on. segment. Not going to say I'm going to let this go to my head, but I will be devastated if we don't have viewer mail for our following episodes. <laughs> Come on, you don't want Cody to feel devastated. <laughs> I feel devastated every day. Are you really going to add to that, listeners? He's already wearing a meatwad hat. That's, I mean, his life is clearly not going where he wants it to. I only consume media that has been off the air for several years. <laughs> All right. That's so why that? it works so well on this show. So I think we want to go on to the where are they now rating and trivia. <laughs> um, so, uh, Chelsea Field, who was the vanishing cop, uh, she appeared in the same <laughs> year. <laughs> she appeared in the same year in the Stephen King adaptation, The Dark Half. An episode of Tales from the Crypt and the 1996 Flipper film. Um, after that, her career kind of fizzled. Fast, faster than lightning. She basically appeared in smaller films or TV procedurals every couple of years. Uh, but she did marry Scott Bakula, so... That's not bad. She's probably not starving. She had all that quantum <laughs> leap money. Uh, Enterprise money, baby. Yeah, Enterprise. Very popular, Enterprise. Um, Stephen Bauer, the, the male lead who I, I can't believe this is true of, is was actually a very solid supporting actor with, like, a couple hundred fucking film credits. Yeah. Huh. Like, 188, I think was the I recognize uh, him from a dozen things. Yeah. He had supporting roles in Primal Fear and Traffic. Uh, and, of course, the classic Pimp Bullies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, uh, quite familiar. Here's one for Aura. Director yeah. Worth Keeter... Uh, found his niche, apparently, when he directed nine episodes of the original Power Rangers from 94 to 95. Whoa, that t- would be... Hang on. That would be prime Power Rangers, too. That's yeah. like Power Rangers that people have heard of, Power oh. Rangers. It was not, Mighty Morphin. Yeah. He also did 27 episodes of VR Troopers. The oh, which Power nobody's Rangers heard of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he continued to work in children's media, returning for several other Power Rangers series. Uh, as well as a TV movie called Ghost Dog, not the Jarmusch film, the other one. Do yeah. <laughs> you think about um, an actual ghost I would that assume, is of a dog? Based on the cover, I believe it is about the actual ghost of an actual dog. Yes. <laughs> and not a Lawrence Fishburne movie? <laughs> it's not about Lawrence Fishburne. Damn. Uh, the mob, samurais, and, I don't know, reflection on modern ways of life in the city. Um... Treat so an actual ghost dog. <laughs> and of course, Pamela Anderson went on to win the Oscar for her performance in Pam and Tommy Lee Stolen Hollywood. Or Stolen Hollywood. Aww. <laughs> That's true. Audience, if you've taken anything from this episode... That was the sex tape name, in case people don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is, that is the film that you should imbibe. 
listen to us. Should? I, have, I don't know. I went to the effort of looking it up. So. Hey, listen, it's gonna be it's gonna be way quicker than watching Snapdragon, and way more worth it for seeing basically the same thing. Yeah, well, you're seeing the parts that you would see in Snapdragon. Yeah. Quite literally, you're seeing the parts that you'd see in Snapdragon, and a few more. So, we have any other trivia? I did. Uh, I I have a little bit of Baywatch trivia, if you don't mind me. Uh, sure. Uh, while I was looking up the Baywatch Nights bit, uh, it turns out that uh, they wanted to keep Baywatch going, but couldn't because there wasn't anywhere to like <laughs> film it that was cheap enough that would let them. Because they wanted they wanted to rebrand it Baywatch Goes Down Under and do it in Australia, but the Australians wouldn't have them. <laughs> <laughs> so That's, that is fun. Yeah. Keep that shit in America. <laughs> Set the country on fire to keep your cunts out. <laughs> is that funny yet? That might be funny now. I, that's I, ho- funny. I hope it's funny by the time this airs. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not funny by the time this airs, I'm real fucking sorry, Australia. <laughs> we're, we're, we're fucking snoozing on it. Um, <laughs> if it's not funny by the time this airs, you can do an apology in four weeks and then it'll be fine. <laughs> uh, ratings? <clears throat> uh, I'd go ahead and give this... Uh, One and a half dental dams. Damn, you beat me. It's it's really not a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's confusing, and not in an interesting way. And it's it's it has a one of those rare plots that's confusing and boring at the same time. <laughs> like it's not. Its complexity <laughs> yeah. isn't interesting. Complexity. Uh, the performances aren't the, the 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 male lead is okay, but Pamela is giving him fucking nothing to work with. Like playing a amnesiac who I guess means that she behaves like she's a fucking grade schooler. I wonder, you know what would be really cool? Hang on, actually let me pause. That is a good point. I didn't realize that until you said that. She's just amnesiac. She's not like... She's not actually a child. Yeah. But she seems to think she is. Yeah. <laughs> That's odd. I didn't... That, have, that hadn't occurred to me. It's well, the kind of acting choices you make when you're not really that... Something I just wondered was if the twin thing was supposed to be more explicit and that she just didn't act it up enough that there was supposed to be two different Felicities that were, like, simultaneously dating. Yeah, that's how you would want to do that setup, is to have, like, when you run into her at a store, she's suddenly very confident and and odd, and he's like, why aren't you like this more often, or something. Yeah. Oh my god, did we just make a better Snapdragon? It'd be hard not to. We do most of the time in genre swap. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give this uh, two out of five TVs that are already on when you check into your hotel room. <laughs> um, it is it is definitely a movie that there are three different points in time that you could walk in and leave and come back and definitely be like, oh, this is a completely different movie. Yes. Why are they playing all these different Pamela Anderson movies? <laughs> <laughs> no, it must be a marathon. Again. <laughs> uh, I've said everything else I need to say about this movie. <laughs> uh... Two and a half kinky sex crimes cops? Why not, right? (laughs) Uh, I... I, Like I said, I left this movie more confused, and like I said, my, you know, when... When my when my poor wife came in halfway through and and also didn't understand what was going on, I was like, alright, cool, then, then I'm not alone here. Like, so... I mean, I think you discovered that you're not alone in a larger sense. That's, that yeah, yeah. Uh, so that would be six. Six out of 15. Might be a new low. <laughs> I haven't really been tracking these. Um, Listeners, if you've been tracking, let us know. 
Mm-hmm. It's a pretty bad one. <laughs> I suspect in a month or so that title may change. Oh God. Oh, is Cemetery High bad? Oh, All right, here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's do some uh, outro there. Or... Outro. That podcast stays up. All Night is a proud presentation of That Podcast Productions. You can find all of our podcast blogs and assorted nonsense at thatpodcastproductions.fireside.fm. Including a schedule for upcoming shows, hopefully, right? (laughs) I still need to get that one up. Yay! Uh, Maybe I'll do that tonight. You can can find us on Facebook as That The Podcast Stays Up All Night Slumber Party. On Instagram at... Oh, that, wait, that one's me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> your Twitter. Good, I hope you're ready for Twitter soon. Uh, that, that, that dot productions dot Instagram dot com. Is, is there anything on the Instagram yet, Aura? <laughs> nah. <laughs> oh, funny. There's also nothing on the Twitter, as we're still trying to get the kinks worked out on that with the, uh, with the <laughs> Fireside FM uh, posting to work. But... In case you want to go ahead and give that Twitter a pre-follow so you can get that fresh pipe and content when it starts pouring out, it is That Productions on Twitter. You can also find us by searching That Podcast Productions. If podcatchers are your thing, you can find us at That Podcast Productions on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, what? Or if RSS feeds are your thing, you can just go straight to the website and subscribe there. Also, remember to uh, give us a review. You can also email your comments at that pot that blah 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 that don't try dot, to spell that <laughs> that dot podcast dot productions at gmail.com. Coming up next time on That Podcast Stays Up All Night, we bring you the first of a bizarre twofer, Assault of the Killer Bimbos, a sexy comedy produced by the creator of all those dude on dude super softcore thirteen thirteen films. So that'll be a treat. And last but not least, as I pull it up real quickly to remember the exact uh, ad, but I'm sure if you're watching us on the internet or anywhere, we have a brand new logo that you can actually see now. That logo was drawn by Abby, who does have uh, an Instagram where you can see some more of her art, and she is open for commissions as well. Uh, Let me see if I can find that. I said it on the uh, last episode. It is not that one. It's a different one. God. <laughs> You'll have fun editing this later, right? Yep. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I'll just put her I'll just put her at in the description of the show. My we'll put bad. Her in the show notes. <laughs> she Abby drew, Abby drew our thing and she's we She's awesome. She's great. She's supporter. Yep. You should probably drop this bit before my <laughs> before my coming up next. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's it for that podcast stays up all night until we talk again. Watch out for secret twins and mouth knives. Did you already do the coming up next, or do we... I already did the coming up next. So we're done? And then you did the... Yeah, that's done. And then you did the thing with Abby. That's true.